Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of the Manoa podcast. I am your host, Yanis Pitsakis, and I am a third-year kinesiology student at McMaster University. I play on the football team there, and I'm also a student strength and conditioning coach at McMaster as well. And for today, I wanted to talk about an often neglected part of training. This is something that I've seen many people overlook in their own workouts, typically boys, just because when guys go to the gym, they just want to get bigger and stronger and just be a bunch of meatheads, essentially. And that's, that's okay. I used to do that, do that type of stuff. When I went to the gym, I just wanted to get bigger and stronger. Like I said, I wouldn't really be thinking about, oh, what's the purpose behind this? I just knew I, I go to gym, I lift big weight, I get big, strong, become good football player. But that's obviously not how it worked. And I also can't say that I was much of a meathead just because you have to be pretty big to be considered a meathead, first of all. Second thing is you have to see progress in order to be a meathead. And I had very little of either. I wasn't very big and I wasn't getting that much bigger. So can't say I was much of a meathead. But like I mentioned in episode one, when I went, when I changed schools and started training with a full-time strength coach, I started to notice that I was seeing a lot of improvements, not only in the gym, but also in my abilities on the field. I was becoming bigger, stronger, and just more stable as an athlete. And I didn't really know necessarily why that was the case. I was just like, oh, he's just giving us good workouts. It's good training. This guy's a pro. You know what he's doing, whatever. But then it wasn't until he gave me a book called New Functional Training for Sport. And I started to read it where I started to understand the concept of functional training, where it's um, training to prepare your body for your sport. And this is something that's kind of overlooked many times because when you think, okay, let's say I play uh, football, I need to get really strong. I need to get really big. You're going to use some powerlifting, you might use some bodybuilding. And I think, oh, I also need to get very explosive. So you use some Olympic lifting. And this is fine. This is good. But one thing you cannot overlook is the need for functional training, which essentially will enhance everything you're doing with the powerlifting techniques and Olympic lifting techniques that you've been doing to get stronger and more explosive. And the main com- component of functional exercises, so to speak, is that it adds a stabilization component. It makes things a little bit more unstable while doing the exercise and forces you to stabilize it. And this causes you to use your core more, your shoulder stabilizes more, hip stabilizers more, ankle stabilizers, while trying to properly complete a movement. But with that uh, extra component of stabilization, it then can will translate over to the field when you're put in unstable environments. Because think about it like this. How many sports are played sitting down? How many sports are played in a rigid environment where things are stable? How many sports are done with one joint in isolation? The answer to those are Formula One, because obviously that's done sitting down, but that requires stabilization. Second one is honestly none, maybe arm wrestling, if, if you consider that a sport. And the last one is none. There's no sport on this planet that's uh, played in with one joint in isolation, not even thumb wrestling. That uses three joints. And that in mind, that's how you should train. Now, there's a bit of a disclaimer here. There are a bunch of muscles uh, in your shoulder, your hips, and your ankles that are specifically designed to stabilize those joints because those are all very mobile joints and therefore the musculature around it is then used to support that joint. Now in your day-to-day life, you don't really need these uh, muscles to be as active as you do when you're playing sport. And because of that, in many people, these muscles are often weak or almost inactive when it comes to working out and uh, playing their sport. And for this reason, and for this reason alone, doing isolation is going to benefit you on the field. Taking some time to work on these little muscles 
is then going to translate over to them being more active when you do exercises to then you them being more active when you do uh, your sport. Also, another thing, if it makes you happy to crush some arms after a workout, by all means, crush some arms. This is something I do all the time, and it is it is one another exception to the whole no isolation thing because no like it doesn't say doesn't mean no isolation, but it's not not going to be functional. But having big arms is important, especially if you play football. Now the question is, how do you make training more functional? The easiest way to make training more functional is to remove one arm or one leg from the exercise. Do do an exercise one leg at a time or one arm at a time. And simply doing this is going to force not only your core to compensate for the fact that force is only being applied to one side of your body, but also uh, if it's an upper body exercise, it's going to make your shoulders a bit more uh, stable. And it's also going to make your pelvis more stable if you're doing a lower body exercise. Now think about it like this. Sports are played primarily on one foot. So with that in mind, wouldn't it make more sense to then train one foot at a time or one side at a time to then force your body to be training in such a way that it mimics how it then plays? Because even if you do things with your arms and legs, very rarely are both your arms pushing at the same time. Like you look at uh, football players trying to block each other. They're never trying to just like extend both their arms. They're trying to pull with one and push with the other to turn their to turn the player in front of them. And that requires not only a lot of upper body strength in your in your chest and your back, but it also requires a lot of core strength uh, so that you don't get turned yourself and you can actually move the guy. And this is a big reason why I wanted to get into this because if you're able to develop yourself properly and in a way that makes you bigger, stronger, and faster, it also uh, goes to say that you also need to develop yourself to become less prone to injuries. Because if you're, if you're very prone to injuries and you get injured often, you're not going to get better in any way. You're not going to get bigger, stronger, or faster. You're not going to be able to play your sport as, at all. So you're not going to get any recognition. And then you're not going to be able to excel at the rate that you want to be. So taking the extra time to make your training more functional, it's going to allow you to be less prone to injuries and more prone to getting better. And the last thing I wanted to touch on in this episode was the idea of training in terms of movements, not training in terms of body parts or exercises. Don't think, oh, I'm doing chest today. I'm doing back today. I'm doing legs today. If you're a bodybuilder, by all means, go ahead. But if you're not a bodybuilder, then you might want to think about it more in terms of movements as opposed to body parts. Now, we can break down athletic training into five different movements. Push, pull, squat, hinge, and core. And if you're wondering what about jumping and sprinting and all that type of stuff, well, that's a little bit more sports-specific. And for the purposes of this episode, I'm not really going to get into that type of stuff because if you haven't addressed any issues that you have with uh, stabilizers in your shoulders, hips ankles and your core then it's not going to translate too well into developing better for vertical jump and any sort of increases in speed so for the purposes of this episode i'm just going to focus on the other five uh and in any future episodes we can talk more about jumping and sprinting or any sort of movements like that so with push it's simply just pushing an object away from your body it can be done horizontally so pushing something away from your chest or vertically pushing something above your head now, some exercises you can do are bench press is good. It's not that functional, but you can get really strong from it. Uh, if you want more functional, push-ups 
are very good because they require some core stabilization and shoulder stabilization. And single arm dumbbell press, like we mentioned before, if you remove one arm from the equation, it forces your core to be engaged more. Another good one, if you want to do a vertical uh, push, is also single arm landmine press. Now, pull is basically just the opposite of a push. And again, you can do a horizontal or vertical. A good couple of exercises you can do are TRX rows or inverted rows. You can look these ones up as well. These ones are very good because they require some core as well as pull-ups. Generally, for upper body, if you can do incorporate some sort of body weight exercises in there, it's going to go a long way in developing some stabilization. But you can also do things like barbell rows or lat pull-downs. Uh, these aren't as functional, but they can still develop a strong back. Now let's move on to a squat. Squats are just basically um, an exercise where the greatest movement is in the knee. So it's more of a knee dominant exercise. So obviously your typical barbell squats are good. Um, your goblet squats are also very good. But if you want to go a little bit more functional again, split squats, focus on one leg at a time, three or four out of it, split squats as a progression off of just regular split squats. Um, if you're doing these, start with split squats first and start uh, body weight and very slow tempo just so that you get the movement correct. And then think about loading the exercise. Also, when you're loading it, I recommend holding dumbbells with your arms as opposed to putting a barbell on your back just in case if you fall over, it's not going to be a huge disaster. You just drop the weights and you stay safe. Next is the hinge. Hinge is an exercise where the greatest amount of movement is in the hips. It's a hip dominant exercise, kind of like a deadlift, except deadlifts aren't really that good for athletic training because no sport starts in such a bent over position. Rather, it's better to do an RDL where you train a shorter range of motion, just go down to your knees. So this is kind of a, a more general exercise you can do for um, hip dominant exercises or hinges. If you want to go a little bit more functional, you can do single leg RDLs. Like we've mentioned, taking out uh, one leg when doing an exercise is, is very beneficial. And again, you can look this one up to uh, see how it's done and get any tips on it uh, that you need. Lastly, core. A lot of people don't train core too well. They try to produce and create motion uh, for, with their core as opposed to resist motion. Because when you think about uh, what the core does uh, while playing sports, it tries to resist motion. It tries to resist any external forces that are acting on your body. So it would only make sense to then train it in that way. So do doing things such as planks, side planks, uh, plank reaches. So being in a plank position and reaching over and touching something that's within arm's reach. Uh, stability ball rollouts, basically do like doing an ab wheel rollout, but with a stability ball. You can look this one up uh, as well because it's a very, very good exercise. And things like glute bridges uh, for working the, the backside of your core. And that's it. That's that's really all all the training breaks down into is these five movements. A push, a pull, a squat, a hinge, and a, a few core exercises. And if you find that you're missing some of these or not doing them as much in your training, I recommend trying to uh, fit them in a little more, especially the core. Now core, now that you've gotten some exercises that don't directly target the core, target upper body or lower body, but incorporate the core as well, you can then maximize the amount of core training you do by having these as well as a few other core specific exercises. And also if you find that in your training, you're not doing as many functional exercises, try to lean towards doing a few more functional exercises because it will have a great effect on your body in terms of overall strength and injury prevention. With that being said, if you're still listening, I truly appreciate you. It really means a lot. 
And I hope you enjoyed the episode and got something out of it. If you like, you can follow Manoa on Instagram at manoa.athletics as it is the best place to stay up to date with any content that is coming out and any future endeavors related to Manoa. Also, if you have any questions regarding anything that I talked about in this episode or just any questions in general, uh, feel free to DM me at manoa.athletics or send me an email, manoa.athletics at gmail.com. I'll do my best to get back to you. And if there's a lot of questions regarding a certain topic, I'll just make an episode on that topic. My name is Yanis Patsakis, and we'll talk more next time. Thank you.